Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs. We are nearly at the end of Book 15, which means we're nearly up to the epilogues. A few more chapters to go. God damn, time is flying fast. Chapter 15 of Book 15. When Pierre meets with Maya again, Natasha is with her, but Pierre only recognizes her at first as a lady companion in a black dress. Was it obvious to you that it was Natasha, and if so, why does Tolstoy write it in this way, if not to create a plot twist? At the start of the chapter, Pierre thinks about how he is free from the love which he deliberately was affected by. Later, upon seeing Natasha again, he is overwhelmed and confesses his love for her. Will this feeling, which he felt freed from, trap him and decrease his happiness, or will his mindset only change for the better? And Natasha and Pierre both have changed a lot since the last time they met. Will this change their feelings for each other? Yeah, um, yeah I think it was a little deliberate mini plot twist, chapter plot twist where at first he doesn't recognize the mysterious woman, and then he does recognize her as Natasha. But I think it also serves the purpose of showing how much Natasha's changed, so much that Pierre doesn't recognize her, sort of her mannerisms, I guess. Brett Peterson says, I love this chapter. I didn't recognize Natasha, which added to my pleasure as I observed Pierre discovering her. I hope Pierre doesn't get in his head and ruin things with Natasha. Here's my perfect scenario for the rest of the book. Sonia finds a nice noble to marry, and is out of the picture. Nikolai returns a war hero. In a double wedding, Pierre marries Natasha, and Nikolai marries Princess Mary, and they all live happily ever after. Kara Kikar says, sign me up for this ending. I kind of, you know, forgot about Nikolai for a few chapters, for a while. Just haven't really checked in with him for ages, especially since Petya kind of took over the Rostov boys' storyline. Gwenadal says, woohoo, just caught up. As the year is almost over. Guinardo, I haven't seen your name for a long time. Welcome back. I knew it had to be Natasha since she and Maya seem like they have a very close connection now. I love the idea of Natasha and Pierre together. They have both been through so much. I think they deserve some happiness. Um, cool. Alright, let's keep reading. I'm keen to keep reading. But it was exciting. I love when the characters all get back together after time away from each other. It is exciting. Chapter 16. She has come to stay with me, said Princess Mary. The Count and Countess will be here in a few days. The Countess is in a dreadful state, but it was necessary for Natasha herself to see a doctor. They insisted on her coming with me. Yes, is there a family free from sorrow now, said Pierre, addressing Natasha. You know it happened the very day we were rescued. I saw him. What a delightful boy he was. Natasha looked at him, and by way of answer to his words, her eyes widened and lit up. What can one say or think of as a consolation, said Pierre. Nothing. Why had such a splendid boy so full of life to die? Yes, in these days it would be hard to live without faith, remarked Princess Mary. Yes, yes, that is really true, Pierre hastily interrupted her. Why is it true? Natasha asked, looking attentively into Pierre's eyes. How can you ask why, said Princess Mary, the thought alone of what awaits? Natasha, without waiting for Princess May to, fi- to finish again, looked inquiringly at Pierre and because, Pierre continued, only one who believes that there is a God ruling us can bear a loss such as hers and yours. Natasha had already opened her mouth to speak, but suddenly stopped. Pierre hurriedly turned away from her again and addressed Princess Mary, asking about his friend's last days. Pierre's confusion had now almost vanished, but at the same time, he felt that his freedom had also completely gone. He felt that there was now a judge of his every word and an action whose judgment mattered more to him than that of all the rest of the world. 
As he spoke now, he was considering what impression his words would make on Natasha. He did not purposely say things to please her, but whatever he was saying he regarded from her standpoint. Princess Maya, reluctantly, as is usual in such cases, began telling of the condition in which she had found Prince André. But Pierre's face, quivering with emotion, his questions and his eager, restless expression gradually compelled her to go into details which she feared to recall for her own sake. Yes, yes, and so... Pierre kept saying as he leaned towards her with his whole body and eagerly listened to her story. Yes, yes, so he grew tranquil and softened. With all his soul he had always sought one thing to be perfectly good. So he could not be afraid of death. The faults he had, if he had any, were not of his making. So he did soften. What a happy thing that you saw. He saw you again. He added, suddenly turning to Natasha and looking at her with eyes full of tears. Natasha's face twitched. She frowned and lowered her eyes for a moment. She hesitated for an instant whether to speak or not. Yes, that was happiness, she said then in her quiet voice with its deep chest notes. For me, it was certainly was happiness, she paused. And he, he said he was wishing for it at the very moment I entered the room. Natasha's voice broke. She blushed, pressed her clasped hands on her knees and then, controlling herself, with an evident effort, lifted her head and began to speak rapidly. We knew nothing of it when we started from Moscow. I did not dare to ask him about it, to ask about him. Then suddenly Sonia told me he was travelling with us. I had no idea and could not imagine what state he was in. All I wanted was to see him and be with him, she said, trembling and breathing quickly. And not letting them interrupt her, she went on to tell what she had never yet mentioned to anyone, all she had lived through during those three weeks of their journey at, and life at Yaroslavl. Pierre listened to her with lips parted and eyes fixed upon her full of tears. As he listened, he did not think of Prince André, nor of death, nor of what she was telling. <clears throat> he listened to her and felt only pity for her, for what she was suffering now while she was speaking. Princess Mary, frowning in her effort to hold back her tears, sat beside Natasha and heard the first time the story of those last days of her brothers and Natasha's love. Evidently Natasha needed to tell that painful yet joyful tale. She spoke, mingling most trifling details with the intimate secrets of her soul, and it seemed as if she could never finish. Several times she repeated the same thing twice. Desalis's voice was heard outside the door asking whether Nicholas, little Nicholas might come in to say goodnight. Well, that's all, everything, said Natasha. She got up quickly just as Nicholas entered, almost ran to the door, which was hidden by curtains, struck her head against it, and rushed from the room with a moan either of pain or sorrow. Pierre gazed at the door through which she had disappeared and did not understand why he had suddenly felt all alone in the world. Princess Mary aroused him from his abstraction by drawing his attention to her nephew, who had entered the room. At that moment of emotional tenderness, young Nicholas's face, which resembled his father's, affected Pierre so much that when he had kissed the boy, he got up quickly, took out his handkerchief, and went to the window. He wished to take leave of Princess Mary, but she would not let him go. No, Natasha, and I sometimes don't go to sleep till after two, so please don't go. I'll order supper. Go downstairs. We will come immediately. Before Pierre left the room, Princess Mary told him this is the first time she has talked of him like that. Cool, alright. That's that chapter for you. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.